Yes, Lord, we desire to be captivated by your beauty. The point of beauty is not so that something's beautiful. The point of beauty is that we might be captivated by it. Your nature is captivating, Father. It's who you are is captivating, Lord. And but it also reveals that when we're not captivated by you, it's sometimes because there are created things that are beautiful too. That because all of creation is created in line with who you are, that you make beautiful things, Lord. But Father, we want to put you in that highest place of beauty, Lord. That highest place of captivated, Lord. Not the created things, Lord, that reflect your beauty or reflect your nature. We, we get to be captivated by you, Lord, because you have revealed yourself to your creation, God. And we get to see you. And we get to see you most profoundly in your son, Jesus, because he was the exact imprint of your nature. We just pray, Lord, captivate our hearts again. Bring us back to that place of first love. In order to be captivated by you, we need to see you, Lord. So we ask that you'd reveal yourself to us in a new way, in a fresh way, God. That we might be and stay captivated in you, Jesus because you're worthy of our attention. You're worthy of our affection. It gives you glory, but it makes everything right with us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, Father. Amen. Awesome. Bless you. Thank you, team. Aren't they wonderful? Kev, beautiful. You're a beautiful man, Kev. Yeah. Who, uh, any men in the room that feel uncomfortable declaring God being beautiful? Good. Hey, I understand it can be a journey, but um, it's good. You can be a man. And you can find God beautiful. You can be a man, you can tell God that you love Him. You can be a man, you can cry and bawl your eyes out in worship or when you're watching a Hallmark movie or something like that. <laughs> if Jesus wept and He was the most masculine of all men that could possibly be, then uh, I think it's cool for us. Awesome. Hey, uh, the pool is open today after the gathering time. Just a couple of announcements for you. We'll rush through. So hopefully kiddies and adults have brought your bathers along. You don't have to swim. Um, but 
11.15, so we just wanted to give a bit of time. We're doing some shorter gatherings during the school holidays, um, but a bit of time for you to be able to kind of have some morning tea, connect with people, and then head over there. But if you do have kids, it is 100% your responsibility to look after your children in the pool area. Amen? Okay. Um, connect cards. Again, if you're... if you. Maybe you feel like, yes, this is my home, but you've never filled out a Connect card. It's just a really good way for us. We, we really value people. We value discipleship. We value pastoral care. We have a, an amazing team of people that, uh, that does that. But it's hard when we, you know, maybe you've met a whole lot of people, but our, our pastoral team doesn't know who you are. So please fill out a Connect card. Just pop it in one of the offering and tithing boxes over there, and we'll uh, connect you in. There's one over there. Near that door, there's one over there, near that door, boxes, and the Connect cards are on the info desk. There's some out on the little table as you go out the door. If not, ask someone. Say, hey, where can I find a Connect card? And I'll find one for you. Uh, another really great way to connect in and, and be part of this family is through Life Hubs. So these are kind of our small groups. They're not a Bible study. They're primarily around, I mean, discipleship happens within them, but it's just that place of connection, that place of fellowship, that place of going deeper, relationship, connecting. They're starting back on the week of the 7th of February. Yeah? So, yes. All right. Kyle is excited. Um, so there's life hubs all over the area. There's, there's like one up Perthway. There's a couple in Rockingham area. There's a couple in Mandra. So again, please jump on uh, paradox.church life hubs. You can fill out an, a, a little online form there and we'll get in contact. If not, head to the info desk afterwards. We'll grab your details and find one that fits with where you are. Paradox Kids will... Res- will res- all right, it's been three months, people. Give me a break. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't spoken for, for three and a half months, just been in silence. No, not really. But I haven't done, done this bit before for a while. I can't, I'm, me, my brain not working. Sunday, 4th of Feb, Paradise Kids starts back. Yeah! Woo! We love kids. We love having kids in the gathering, but we also know we love having kids in Paradise Kids because they're getting discipled in that place as well. They get to worship, hang out together, so uh, it's great. Uh, we do always... Need more Paradox Kids team members. So Sam over here is our wonderful kids pastor. Bless you, Sam. Thank you for all that you do. But if you, if you would love to serve in some way, that's a real area of need. And you get to hang around with great, awesome little kids. So go see Sam for that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to let you know about, because uh, someone was asking about things last week. We have a page on our website with discipleship resources. And so if you go on there, it's paradox.church forward slash discipleship. There's a whole lot of links and things like that, new Christian resources, Bible readings and devotionals, uh, leadership podcasts, personal development podcasts. It's just a whole bunch of links of things that we have put together that we find are really beneficial in a healing, worship, all this sort of stuff, ministry, development tools. You can do a, a five-fold ministry test, all that sort of stuff. That's on there available for you to help you in your discipleship journey to Jesus. Amen? Awesome. I have a, um, I got a special drink bottle for Christmas. Uh, I'm not aware of how... Of how it's going to sound on the microphone, the recording, but we'll just... Um, I don't know what we'll do. I'll just be thirsty for the whole time. But it'll sit here looking nice. All right. I'm back. Good to be back. And now let's pray for a new 
upgraded version of Brad that can preach in 25 minutes. <laughs> that would be an upgrade. Miracles do happen. Yep, yep, but it's all right. I'll just cut out all the important bits um, if we need to. Hey, uh, we are, it is a new year. Uh, we've been having lots of great conversations with our, within our apostolic eldership. Our heart really is, is always just to do what God wants us to do as a community. And so we're having more conversations this week with our family pastor team. And it's just exciting. But oftentimes, most times, at the beginning of a new year, as we enter in, it carries with it, again, that sense of new beginning. Really, from one month to the next, nothing happens. But this new year kind of cycle that we operate in, it gives us this opportunity to kind of reflect on the year that's gone, to think about the year that is ahead. Oftentimes, people make New Year resolutions. Anyone made a New Year resolution this year? No. There you go. It was the same old, same old, Yeah. You don't have to make resolutions in that particular way, but oftentimes that's what people do. And, or maybe you just kind of, just that fresh desire to be, to be disciplined to do the things that you know will be better for you or better for others, better for your family. There might be some goals and things. Has anyone set kind of new goals for the year? Yeah, new, new, new vision, new sense of, yes, like a, a bit of a fresh start. And, and I think God has kind of wired that within us. And if we look at creation, you know, happened within seven days and, and God rested, there is this idea of, you know, weeks and months and years. Uh, there are seasons and cycles that are, that are natural four seasons every year. There's always this sense of, of new beginnings. There was literally days, a, a new day. You wake up in the morning and it's a, a whole new day for us. And again, I'm not necessarily big on, on New Year's resolutions, but I do appreciate the opportunity at the beginning of each year to get some kind of fresh perspective, to make a different plan with a different focus so that my year coming will be different and will have different outcomes. Even if I had an amazing year, I know within me, it's like, I just want to, I want to be better. I want to be a better disciple of Jesus. I want to be a better father, a better husband, a better friend. I want to be better in, in, in who I am. And we all have maybe different goals and desires for our lives. Maybe for you, you want, to, you want to get fit or get more fit. Maybe you want to read the Bible more. Maybe you feel like, I just, I just want to pray more often this year. Maybe you want to be a better friend or a better parent or a better spouse. And these are all great desires, and they'll all be different for each one of us. Even as you put up your hand, yeah, I've got goals. If we went around the room and asked you, they would all be slightly different. Some might be the same. But I wonder if there are goals and desires that we might all have in common, or more importantly, desires that God has for us that would actually remain the same every year. That they actually don't change. That God's desire for us would be the same every year only increasing, going deeper, going wider and expanding. And for me, I feel like it's so important that we don't get caught up in our own desire for personal development, but we miss God's desire for how He wants to develop us. So whatever desire I may have for personal development, it may be good. Usually they are the good things. Nobody tends to start off the year going, I just hope this year is way worse I hope I get fatter and slower and weaker and, you know, and unfortunately for me, I'm realizing that I don't have a choice of some of those things. I had an eye test on Friday and, and, uh, and the, the 
optometrist said, uh, you know, he said, there's nothing wrong. He said, you've just had too many birthdays. And uh, so, you know, my, my eyesight's, you know, not, not really bad, but it's, it's getting there. And that is just the reality. But, but you know, we, we, we have this desire, yeah, I want, I want more. I want more in life. I want more of God. I want this greater desire. But most of all, I want God's desire for me. I want to know, God, what's your desire for me this year? What's your desire for me moving forward into this new year? As there's this opportunity kind of just to, to clear the past, to, okay, not to dismiss what happened because sometimes there's wisdom that can be found in our history that can help to set us upright for the future. But ultimately, I just want to know, God, what do you have for me this year? Because the Father knows what I need most. The Father knows what you need most. He has the best desires for us. He has the best plan for us. So I want to focus on my own developments, and and hopefully they align in some ways. But more importantly, I want to focus on God's desires for me, God's goals for me, God's the way that He wants to develop me. And I love coming in, even just having some kind of close connection time with people that I know love me and speak into my life. But, you know, this last week has been a week of of really gentle and loving rebuke. Honestly, it's been one where I've been able to take stock, but, but people who look into my life who I know love me and they can be the voice of God into my heart because sometimes I look at the things that I think are wrong and I need to change. But sometimes I don't always see what God sees as out of alignment and he wants to change. And so I love the fact that I'm surrounded by people who love me enough to speak hard truths to me. But because my desire is for the Lord and for more of him, I don't take those things from a place of offense. I'm like, what a gift that someone would love me enough to say, hey, Brad, I'm looking at your life and I'm seeing some things that, and I feel like God has greater things for you. Or maybe your attention is kind of drifted over here and the Lord wants to bring your attention back to here. That's a gift. I'm so thankful for it. Because I want my desires to align with God's desires. But I have to ask myself that question. Like, do they? We can ask, do my desires, do the desires for my life, do they align with God's desires? And we might say, well, yes, God wants me to be healthier so I can do more for him. That's a good desire. And I'm not talking about those general things, but he might say, but this is my desire for you right today, this moment in this year. Does my life revolve around him or does my life revolve around me? And I feel like for me, I was thinking I need need less of a New Year's resolution and more of a New Year revolution. I need to shift my focus from it revolving around me and what I feel like I need to revolving around the Lord and what He desires for me, what He wants for me. Because ultimately, that's way better. Even if all of these things are good that I desire, I know all the things that He has are way better. So if I have an option, do I want good or do I want great? Then I do, okay, I'll focus on me or I'll focus on the Lord. So the question is then, well, what are God's desires for us? I think we need to be inquiring of the Lord on our own. 
spending time with him, say, God, what are your desires for me? Remind me of those things. It might have been the same desires that he had for you last year and coming into this year, but just inquiring, what are some of those specific things? What are some things that need to shift? But I think big picture, we read Jeremiah 29, 11. This is a well-known verse, but it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So we know God has good plans for us. In Romans, it speaks about, um, you know, God having good things in store for us. He's working out all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So we know God's plans are good. They're for our welfare. They're for good outcomes for us. But I think ultimately what God invites us into is eternal life. I could do a whole teaching on eternal life. I do think it's one of these phrases that we've misunderstood and has been misrepresented because of the way that we've shared the gospel, the good news with people, has primarily been focused around what happens when you die. So eternal life has been put kind of in that same bucket, or eternal life starts on the day that you die and go to be with him forever. That's when eternal life starts. But when we understand the scripture and what was intended with eternal life, eternal life is God's life that he has for you. And the beautiful thing is, as Jesus has died and resurrected, and as he invites us into that resurrection life, when we follow him, as we have died to our old self and been raised again in him, we actually have the opportunity to enter into his form of life, which is eternal life. It is a life that goes on forever, that is true, but there's more than that. It's actually about intimately knowing him. And I want to read to you from John 17, starting at verse 1. Said so when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. So we know Jesus' desire that the outcome of his life was that we might receive this eternal life. Verse 3, it tells us what eternal life is. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus came to give us eternal life, and we know from this scripture, eternal life is knowing him. So essentially, Jesus came that we might know him intimately. And the word know there in the Greek, actually, like it's talking about really deep intimacy, it's talking about the deepest kind of form of intimacy that we can experience. So it's not knowing about him, it's intimately knowing him, knowing everything about him, and me being free that God would know everything about me. Now, obviously, that's always a bit of a trick because God knows everything about me. He knows everything that I do, and when I confess my sin, he's not surprised by it. God's never shocked by, by my life. He knows he probably knows because he knows my heart when I'm going to do things before I even do them. So God's, it's not a shock, but, but the fact that I would know that he knows me is a huge thing. So God's desire is that we would know him intimately, that our whole lives would revolve around him. Now, God is interested in what we do. God is interested in who we are and who we're becoming. But God is also interested in, in us knowing him and being known by him. I want to read you a passage of scripture from Philippians 3. 
We know I could just get up here and read scripture and it'd be the best sermon anyway, because it's already been written, but, uh, but here we go. This is actually from the message uh, paraphrase of the Bible. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. It says, steer clear of the barking dogs, these religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances, knife happy circumcisers, I call them. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we thankful that we're Gentiles? Amen. New creation. Hallelujah. Uh, it says, all they're interested in is appearances. Oh, I've said that. Uh, the real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it. Even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. Then the Apostle Paul goes to list all of the things that makes him like the elite of the elite of the religious people of the time. So he's saying all of these religious people are like, I have, I have greater credentials. Because the very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash. Along with everything else I used to take credit for. And Why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog dung. That's what he says. Refuse is, the, is in there, but that's, that's what it means. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his, his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted it. Paul had discovered an entirely new perspective, an entirely new set of values and purposes to live by. And again, he wasn't interested in ticking boxes. He wanted Jesus himself, which is what Jesus wants for us. Paul said, in terms of being religious, we might say in terms of doing all of the Christian things, you might have had an epic year last year. You might feel like, man, I am kicking goals, I'm running, I'm doing all of the things. But if you're not knowing Jesus more intimately, if you're not more deeply engaged with the Father, if you're not experiencing the reality of the Holy Spirit, then all of those things aren't much compared to that. Now, they're good things. So we're not dismissing all of the good things, but the Apostle Paul has had this revelation of Jesus that's made him look at those things and go, they're literally like dog dung in comparison to knowing Jesus. Now again, it's good. Do those things. Do those principles. Do those practices. But the goal and the outcome is that we would know him deeper, know him more intimately. That's the goal. That's the prize. And that's the desire of God for each and every one of us. So as we work on those things in our life, those practical things, knowing that the outcome is that I might be more in love with him, that I might know him deeper and more amazingly. All right, I've just got some practical things that we can do, again, just to set our trajectory. These things aren't going to fulfill it for you, but they're going to set you on the right pathway towards him. Amen. These are really simple, really practical. I'm not expecting you're going to have your mind blown by revelation of these things, but 
their principles and disciplines that the scripture outlines for a reason. But again, if our goal is just to say, I want to read the Bible more, you can, you can have the goal of reading the Bible more, but you won't necessarily get the outcome of knowing Jesus more. Jesus even said, you search the scriptures looking for me and yet you miss me in that. So we want to say, no, no, I want to know you more. How do I know you more? Here are some things that can help doing that. The first thing we need to do is to actually to overcome the blockages and the barriers to intimacy. I don't know about you, but when I mess up, when I do what I know I shouldn't do, or when I don't do what I know I should be doing, there's this inevitable slump into God is unhappy with me. God's disappointed with me. God's taken 10 steps back away from me. And now what do I have to do to journey back into this place with God? Or God's angry with me. Anyone ever feel that? Just me. Hallelujah. I'm alone. I see those hands in the spirit. But these can be barriers. And so what Jesus has done, he's removed every barrier. He has torn the veil that keeps us from that place of intimacy, the holy of holies. He says, come boldly before the throne room, the throne of grace, that you might receive grace and mercy in your time. Like he's like, come boldly, come. Please don't feel like there is anything that would separate us from one another. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans, heart nor depth, angels, nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ. But we need to have a shifting of our perspective to say, there is nothing blocking me. If I sin, right in the moment after that, God is available for me. And even it says, the Apostle Paul says, where sin abounds, grace abounds also. doesn't mean we should sin more. It just means that the grace of God, the power of God for us to enter into that place is always apparent and it's in abundance for us. But some of that mean, might mean we need to do a journey because we see the Father in a way that He is not. That we see Him through a lens of maybe how we've experienced our own earthly parents or or relationships on earth and we put God in that same box and yet he is not God is not in a box God is perfect he's a perfect father but I need to have a shifting of my perspective that's what we do like prayer ministry is so valuable because I get to encounter him and actually deal with the barriers the blockages that are in the way from me seeing him perfectly and beautifully it's not so I can walk around going I'm so healed I'm so awesome it's like no no so I can see him more clearly so I can experience him more deeply. All right, one minute left. <laughs> Read the Bible. I was like, oh, like uh, but it is, even if you, if you're like, I just really struggle to read the Bible, do, do one verse a day. Get the audio Bible. I, I have the ESV um, Bible app, and there's an audio thing, and it's got like a daily reading. And because sometimes for me, I might not get the moment where I have this big expanded time where I could sit down and read, but I know I can still capture that moment. I'm being washed by the scriptures. I'm being washed by revelation and truth. I actually felt like God kind of said to me, like, I'm, I'm being strengthened even as the word is just washing over me. It's the same with worship. It's another one. Fill your car with praise. Fill your home with worship. Just let it be constantly around you because it's going to create this atmosphere. It's going to, I don't know if you've ever had that thing where you get a song stuck in your head. And you're like, where did that song come from? And it's because three hours ago, you walked past a shop and it was blasting and it just kind of embeds in your brain. It's like, I want worship to be embedded in my brain. I want the scriptures to be embedded in my brain. So if you struggle to read the Bible, grab a verse and then just meditate on that. 
In the same way with prayer, it's really good to set apart time for prayer. But if you're like, I'm waiting till I have a moment that I can just like set up a beautiful chair with a blanket on it and then some candles and some nice fragrance and I'm going to have a warm you know, cup of coffee and oh, my new Bible. I'm gonna, when that happens, oh, I'm so looking forward to entering into that place. It's like, the fact is it might not happen for you. Especially if you have younger people that exist around you in your home. You know, like the, those times might not happen. But if we're waiting for the perfect time, then it might not happen. It, I, I think of it in the same way. Like if, if I'm like, I'm going to talk to Lisa, my wife, when we have a date night, oh, it's going to be so great that we can have all of this time together. But really, until that happens, I'm just going to ignore her and, uh, and see how that goes. That doesn't form a bond of intimacy. That doesn't form a bond of, of everyday connection. But it's the same with prayer. Just pray in every moment. You might go, I haven't prayed for a whole day. Oh, now I've got to, okay, I should go through this process. Don't just start talking. God's aware that you haven't given him attention. Is he angry with you? No. Is he longing for you? Yes. He's just longing for you. Always longing for you. Always desiring you. Choose your influences wisely. Choose who you're spending your time with. Choose what you're listening. Be aware those things are, are, are filtering through and having an impact. Choose to follow him. Get into a DNA group. Choose to be a disciple of Jesus. I know these are super practical. Ask him for his desires to become your desires. Ask him to, to shift your desires in your heart. And remember that each day is a new day. Lamentations 3.22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful to you even when we are not faithful to him. His mercies are new every day. So that forgiveness, that need to just reconnect, reconcile with God every morning when you wake up, his mercies are new. It's like he fills up his tank. And his tank of mercy is a tank that could never be emptied in a single day. And you know God's got a new, whole new tank of mercy the next day. And he's faithful to you. Amen. All right. I'm going to pray for you. I just want to finish with the rest of this little passage in Philippians 3. If you're able to stand, uh, why don't you stand with me as we read. So the Apostle Paul says, I'm not saying I have all of this together. I'm not saying that I've made it, but I'm well on my way. I'm reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm often running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you has something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Know that we're on the right track. Let's stay on it. Thank you, Father. I just thank you, Father, for a fresh start. I thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning, that you are faithful to me, Lord, even when I'm not faithful back, God, that you don't determine your level of commitment based upon my level of commitment. And Father, I don't want to live in that space where I'm just consuming and taking and, and living in this place of mercy. I want to live in the place of deep fellowship with you, Lord. 
I want to live in that place of intimacy, God. But I thank you for a new year. I thank you for a fresh start. I thank you for a new morning. I thank you for a new week, Lord, for all of us. But Father, I pray that you would reveal those blockages and barriers in our hearts, Lord. I ask even right now, Holy Spirit, you'd bring up what are the blockages that are causing me to to not step into that place. I have this desire in my heart where I say, yes, Lord, I want more of you. And yet the next day I'm just consumed with more of myself. Would you reveal that to us all? Would you give us the grace that we need to walk it out? In the ESV, this passage from Philippians, the Apostle Paul says, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. So Lord, we lay down before you what has gone before. We lay down our past. We lay down this last week, Lord. And we say, yeah, God, it, it wasn't great or it was, it was so sore or it could have been better. But Lord, I, I set my eyes upon you. I set my gaze upon you. I set that, the trajectory of my heart towards you, Lord that I might press on to the, the greater measure of you, God, that I would get more of you, that I would know more of you, Lord, and everything else would fall into its rightful place. Father, would you give us a revelation of a new revolution, Lord, of how my life can revolve around you, be focused on you, Lord, still being responsible still having fun, still doing those things, but revolved around you, Lord, that when I'm at work, God, my life would revolve around you. When I'm at home, my life would revolve around you. When I'm having fun with friends, my life would revolve around you. And I wonder even as we've come into this new year that maybe for you, you just feel a need to, to recommit yourself in discipleship to Jesus. Or maybe you're here this morning, you feel like, I don't think I've ever really committed myself to, to do this daily journey with Jesus, discovering who He is. I didn't even know that I could know Him like that. But the Apostle Paul in the Scriptures has made it clear, you can know Jesus and you can know Him intimately. But I want to pray for you in particular. Father, I pray for a revelation of Yourself to people, Lord. And Father, we pray, God, that we, we make a commitment to you this year, Jesus, that we would be your disciples, Lord, that we would learn from you, that we would discover more of who you are, that you would be our Father, our Heavenly Father, Lord, and that we would experience the life and love of what it is to live under that. But Lord, we choose, I choose in this moment to say, I give you my life, Jesus. I want my life to revolve around you, no longer around me, but all around you. And I don't need to fear that you won't care for me because you love me so deeply. And Father, we bring before you our, our sin. We bring before you our brokenness. We bring before you our lack, Lord. Even the Apostle Paul Lord, who wrote Scripture is like, I haven't got this all figured out yet, Lord. So we're thankful, Father, that there's space for us, Lord. There's grace for us. There's mercy for us. But we thank you, Lord, that when we confess our sin to you, you are faithful 
to forgive us of our sin, Lord. As far as the east is from the west, we get, a, we get washed clean, Lord. We get a fresh start and a new beginning. So we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And as we go out into this week, Lord, we'll go out with that new perspective, Lord. We'll go out with fresh desires. And we'll go out, Lord, knowing that when we stumble, you are there to pick us up, Lord. You're there to carry us, God. You know our weakness. You know our frailty, Lord. And you've chosen to walk with us in those times. So we love you, God. We bless you. And we thank you for this amazing year that you have in store for us as we revolve our life around you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Sorry for taking an extra 10 minutes of your day. Um, bless you. Love you guys. It's good to be back. Hey, we, uh, we, we don't have altar ministry this morning, but if you do need someone, it's like, man, I just, I just really would love someone to pray for me. Just ask anyone. And uh, we love the, the body ministering to the body. It's fantastic. If you pray that prayer of first-time commitment to Jesus, just come and find me and let me know. We'd love to uh, disciple you and help you on that journey moving forward. So enjoy some morning tea. Get to know someone new. Fill out a Connect card. Have fun at the pool. Bless you guys.